0: Hi, guys. Welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will, and you guys know what we do here. We help you escape your church's echo chamber, learn to think biblically, and, of course, challenge the status quo, which always is challenging. Today, we're talking about the whole Alistair Begg controversy. But before we do that, like and subscribe to the channel. Go ahead and join us on Patreon if you would like to support us. I uh, am planning on starting to do some, like, private live streams just to Patreon um, for Q&A and stuff like that just to help engage that community because we appreciate that you guys actually uh, – invest into us and we want to try to invest back into you and with some of that just means that we're gonna have to take some time in order to do that and plus it'll just be fun there's probably certain things i can say uh more privately there than i would be able to say maybe publicly here without getting canceled so anyway uh yeah so brian and i earlier this week covered Gate, and now we're discussing Alistair Begg. Uh, much there's many requests that I had to cover this story, and so I decided to do my due diligence and see what was all the what all the fuss was about. Now, for those of you who don't know, Alistair Begg is a is a very respected pastor, and he made some controversial statements on a recent podcast of his. Now, first things first, I do want to acknowledge that. Alistair Beg is highly respected, and he's someone I have highly respected and enjoyed much of what he has to say. Uh he's very well spoken, and I do think that there is a sense of I think there's a sense of overreaction here. So one of the things I think most people can agree with uh, when they criticize maybe the political left is the cancel culture, right? You say one thing wrong or make one misstep and suddenly they wanna end your whole career. Well, I think sometimes Christians can do the same thing. And that is kind of a situation that happened with Alistair, but also I think that people have the right to be concerned. And I think they're, uh, well, we'll just kind of unpack it as we go. Let's just do that. Let's uh, Cause I'll kind of, I wanna kind of try to shoot straight and true here uh, as much as possible and uh give you just my thoughts on the whole situation but uh i've seen a lot of crazy stuff online of people what the people said about him uh people like wanting to cancel all his show and like have him removed from his positions and i just think some of that stuff is unnecessary and we're good but i also don't think he was right (laughs) so uh we're gonna go ahead and unpack all of that hold on i'm gonna turn my uh my phone on do not disturb because i can already see that i'm getting text messages um so All right. Now, let's go ahead and check this out. So first, this is the original statement that got him canceled. And uh, everyone in the live stream, I hope you guys can hear it. are you saying uh nathan how wrong are you saying so it's silent oh my goodness what is happening why is it that what is going on there i wonder all right hold on hold on uh let's i'm wondering if it's something that the audio is getting confused how about now nope okay that is really really annoying um okay so i can hear him but you cannot this is already going disastrously uh so well i guess i'm gonna have to just talk about it so uh because i have no idea why it's not um running the audio for you guys so this has already turned out to be a disaster okay so i'll go ahead and give you guys the uh the assumption here so basically what ended up happening was alistair begg was talking to a grandparent about their grandchild's trans wedding. You can see it here, by the way, the link is in the description below, 2845 uh, on that first link, that's gonna be the timestamp that you're gonna wanna care about um, where he actually makes the statement. And basically what he does in this episode here is he um, says that this grandparent was concerned about the, her relationship with her grandson because he was marrying a trans person. Alistair said, for he, it sounded like the letter sat there for a minute and then he advised her to go to this wedding to basically save the relationship with her grandchild and um wait audio is working fine what are we talking about sorry um now there, there is no transcript on this one for some reason nick i i tried so um I'm gonna try one more thing. I apologize for everyone who's listening on this. Uh, if you're watching this afterwards I start clicking clipping clicking through. So um I'm just gonna see if there's some sort of because uh, Brian had I don't shared screen videos. Know if it's... All right. Um no, no, you're good. All right, let me let me see. And uh, is this from here maybe? Is it working yet at all or no? Yes or no? Okay, Still so no, I'm just gonna have to give you guys the, uh, so, all right, links are in the description below. Go check them out. Um, I'll just give you guys that kind of, and I'll figure out what's happening later on. So, all right. So, Alistair Begg, respect the pastor. For all those guys who are watching this in post and not live, I apologize for all that. Uh, I don't know why that's happening. Um, so, we we'll are out to figure it out. But that's fine. We can just off the cuff this. So, basically, Alistair Begg gives this grandparent permission or says that she should go to her trans to the, uh, the a trans wedding where her grandson's marrying a trans person. And so, what ends up happening... Um, yeah, so yeah, who here hasn't listened to the audio clip? I mean, that's a good point. Um, but I like to always have it, uh, I always like to have it all available right here. So that way people aren't taking my word for it. I want you people to hear the words themselves, and then I like to respond to them. But basically, he gives this, per- he gives her permission and uh, is like for the sake of the relationship with your grandchild. Um, otherwise, they're going to basically because if you don't do this they're going to say yeah, everything about you Christians is exactly what I've always expected which is that you're hateful you're co- you condemn you do all those terrible things and that's all there is to it so he advised her that she should go and then what end, uh, ended up happening is everyone lost their minds <laughs> everyone went crazy and uh had him removed from, uh, if, if it sounds like he was removed from the show uh all that good stuff so What then ends up happening is that he follows it up with this sermon right here of compassion versus condemnation. You can look at the timestamp here around the 2239 mark, and he states um, that he does not have to repent. He will not repent. He does not have to repent because he stands by his decision to have her go do this. Now, what's important to note here is that one... He never actually says that it's okay for the wet marriage. Okay, so we first need to understand that. Like people who are saying like he's uh, trans affirming or LGBT affirming need to chill, call them their jets because he's not affirming it. He told her to go explicitly for the purpose of keeping the relationship with her grandchild and not giving a condom, uh, like a message of condemnation to them. Now to to the LGBT community or her grandchild. Now. I think this is wrong advice and I understand why you, these are people are your direct family. You love them. You want the best for them. You want to take care of them. uh, But, the actually nathan hallering right here you said it perfectly he goes i get disagreeing with his advice but the effort to cancel him and not look at his body of work is sad to me and that was kind of my thing where i'm like alistair beg is a very well respected pastor and he's done a lot of great work and he says a lot of great things and just because he gets one uh due to i think I think he has right motivations, but the wrong outcome. It's good to be compassionate about your family members whom you love and care about, but it is not good to compromise uh, biblical or c- historically Christian values and morals for this purpose. So, then, so he puts out this in his in the whole message. The reason what led him up to it in the, in the podcast and in the sermon that followed was the idea of basically loving other people despite their sin. So he draws on a lot how Jesus, you know, hung out with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and he he reached them with the kingdom. So he's saying go to these people, reach them with the kingdom and essentially one way you could do that is by going to their wedding and supporting them. Now I am all about the message of the kingdom and I'm all about going to sinners where they're at, right? Uh with the ch- the church is obviously the uh, fellowship of believers and it's the, a hospital for the broken, right? That's the point of the church. Then that's good. And that is something we should keep uh keep advocating for. But the church is the body of believers. So I'm a big that's why I'm a big fan of missions. Uh and, my, and part of my day job is being a missions director. I want to go where people are at. I want to go help these people. So, and I want to go reach sinners where they're at. I get that. But, with a big but here, um, the, the problem here is that you are now going to, in support of a wedding. Because we have a very, in the West, especially the modern times, we have a very Western and individualist look at a wedding. We say it's the day for the bride and the groom, and it's their day, which is why, like, even if the, uh, if the bride's dad is paying for it, we tell him to show up, shut up, and pay up, right? It's all about the couple. But that's not historically what marriage ever was supposed to be, nor is it what it is in the Bible. What it is is two families coming together and, to, and groups of people from her side and his side coming together to celebrate not only the individual, but also to celebrate the union of these two coming together and celebrating their future prosperity and the future of their children. That's the point. It's this whole community, communal moment where they all come together and they celebrate this union. So as a Christian, when an LGBT wedding comes up, even if it's a family member, uh, one, biblically speaking, weddings, true marriage is only between a man and a woman. It is, biblically speaking, the Christian dogma, uh, Judaism, um, even Islam acknowledges this. But sexual difference is always what defines marriage. So if it's sexual difference that defines marriage, as a Christian, I can't support something that perverts that or that turns that on its head and twists it. I can't go, even for the sake of making you feel good about your uh, our relationship, like mine to you, I can't in good conscience do that. Uh, because I am now going to support this union that actually is destructive to God's original covenant plan with marriage. So that is important to note. It's a very important thing to understand. So then on top of that, not only this covenantal thing, but when you're also dealing with the fact that if you go to a wedding, you are supporting them, right? Supporting them as man and woman and um so (laughs) uh yeah spartan theology uh biblical marriage is not defined as only between one man and one woman please show me where the bible uh, says that hint it's not there uh yeah you're wrong um (laughs) jesus very explicitly describes it in the genesis event so sorry ethan but you are definitely wrong here and you are actually in Contrary teaching to the last 2,000 years of church history. So I'm going to go with the last 2,000 years of church history and 3,000 years of Jewish history before that. Thanks. All right. Um, So this whole thing is so. All right. There's that. Then also, when you go to a wedding, if you disapprove of the union, you shouldn't go to the wedding anyway. Out of respect. Now, they might want you there but you need to actually ask them if they are pushing you to be there. It's like, do you really, everyone there is celebrating your union. I can't in good conscience celebrate your union. Do you actually want somebody there who does not celebrate your union? Well, I want you there to support me. Well, I can't support you because supporting you means supporting your union. So I can't in good conscience go. That's why that is how this works. So that's why you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't go, at least to compromise. So uh and this and then he goes on to say that you know where he's from he's not and he goes on in the sermon to say that he's not like the because he's been european that he's never been part of the american fundamentalists like that's never been a thing that he's had to do um and he's like the you know american fundamentalists essentially is what he's saying are the ones having the outrage but i don't think it's fundamentalist to say that you shouldn't go. I don't think the fundamentalists, I mean, surely they would say it, fundamentalists would agree, but I mean, I know Catholics who would say the same thing. Um, so and uh sorry. Um uh, prescription versus description, my friend. So Spartan theology, how do you account for all the God-ordained marriages that are between one uh one man and multiple women? uh again description versus prescription even if we say that it was biblical for there to be polygamy um that does not get you to same-sex unions or trans unions so this is kind of a moot point so anyway uh so as we continue on this so he then goes on to talk about you know he's not part of the fundamentalist culture that's not a thing that he has to worry about well, and he's like, I'm from a place that there's a little bit more nuance. And I agree that some people might absolutely loo- lose their mind. But the thing is, is we are promoting uh, like, okay, let's see. Spartan 300 says, beg unlovingly bad mouth and slander Christians for quoting scripture and promoting Christian values. That was kind of thing. He took a very defensive approach here. And I don't think that helps at all Um labeling all those who disagree with you as like some psycho fundamentalist is not very helpful because catholics would agree that not to go to a, the union at least devout catholics uh orthodox christians there would be of course most southern baptists uh who are not like fundamentalists i'm not sure if many anglicans would um you might be able to find some and uh, some obviously a methodist or more affirming churches who are okay with it but Generally speaking, the large amount is not going to be okay with it. Uh, Nick Quint says, uh, British evangelicalism is less guided by trollism than we are here in the States. And that is true. Um, and there is a bit more nuance over there. Uh, and they're not like uh, over here, like everything has to be bombastic and explosive. That's, that, that, that is true. Um, but it doesn't mean that suddenly all the your interlocutors are those who disagree with you. Are suddenly fundamentalists who are in the wrong. So, I think uh, either Alistair Begg is either assuming the motives of his interlocutors, or he actually is bad. He actually is bad mouthing and slandering in return uh, as a return favor for being slandered himself. Maybe I don't know, but I'm sure that saying that and the amount of outrage that he got across the globe probably would make someone a little bit more prickly <laughs> regarding that. But Either way, he is wrong. There is not a single thing here, uh, biblically, that says that you should bless such a marriage. And as a Christian, if you are going to a wedding, you are supporting it. That is the reality. And it's the union of two people coming together. And you shouldn't even go because the other thing comes into I, the word. I, I understand his entire analogy and the why he was drawn from loving of the kingdom and going to sinners where they're at. And those sorts of things. I understand that message, and I can even sympathize with that message. But then there's the other side of the message that that gets conveniently left out, which Jesus says, if one does not hate their father and mother over me, essentially, then they're not worthy of the kingdom. So the and of course he doesn't mean literally hate, but he means like your level of priority here. Like, do you love me more than your own family? Are you willing to be forsaken by family in order to stay loyal and faithful to me? That was one of the things that should be brought up, but that's not really brought up here. And yes, I understand it could put a wedge between a grandmother and a grandchild. I understand it could put a wedge between a father and a child. But at the end of the day, you have to make decisions. You have to make decisions that are tough and like, who's Lord of my life? Um, I know in my own family, I have had family members who have not attended certain weddings because they didn't feel like they could bless those weddings. and. I respect those decisions because of the, the some of these issues. And you know it's oddly enough so a lot of those family members still talk to each other and whatnot and they understand where these people are coming from. but you can't and there's this two-way street problem here as well. Why is it the Christian that's always demanded to make the compromise to go to these things when why can't the progressive grandchild or progressive child also show they want to be respected? So why can't they show respect also in return to the convictions and religious beliefs of their parents? I don't see many people getting upset at Muslims for having the same sort of values. I see a lot of people getting upset at Christians, because and Christians are just standing what the church has taught for the last two thousand years that homosexual relationships are wrong, that you know and that they didn't have necessarily trans people as much back then in the same way that we have them today but they definitely had like cross dressers and feminized men and stuff that worked as prostitutes and that was all very openly condemned even by Paul and by the rabbis before okay and the more the and keep in mind the behavior of right so doing the acts so why would we as Christians go and give our blessing to that? We would be standing there supporting it and blessing sin. And First John and many other places makes it very clear that there is light has no fellowship with darkness. So we should not be giving our blessing to that. It doesn't mean you don't reach them with the gospel. It doesn't mean that you don't still love them. It doesn't mean that you avoid every single family event ever if they're going to be there. You can still show them love. But love doesn't mean compromise. Compassion doesn't mean compromise. And nor should you just, because someone would have their feelings hurt, just give in because your Christian values. People get their feelings hurt over a lot of things. I know people are hurt when they experience like sexual rejection. Like let's say someone was sexually proposed and you rejected it. Well, are, are you to say that you should go ahead and have sex with this person because, you know, you want to be kind to them and not hurt their feelings? At what point do you draw the line of like my Christian conviction is here, but I want to love them where they're at, love them where they're at and support their decisions because I love them as a person. But even though I can't morally support them, I feel like that line gets way too blurry, way too quickly. Um, So I think that's what we should do. So, uh, Nick, what did you say here? um they kind of did have folks like that philo talks about that extensively unless i missed your point no they did that's why i said kind of and then i mentioned like there's like the crossdresser stuff but uh but not in the same way as today uh at least you know with non binary blah 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 and all that unless i'm wrong that's possible but i do know that they had like a form of transgenderism is just different than today, kind of like homosexuality looks a little bit differently in the ancient world than it does today, but it's still the act of ma- male on male. Anyway, so uh, let me know, uh, Nick, keep going, uh, but let me know if, if I'm wrong somewhere. So that's that. Now, my issue is here. Uh, I'm cool. Uh, what? Sorry, I'm trying to read this. What is this point here? Um, Why is this difficult? Without Christ, I'm cool with lesbianism, fornication, and adultery, but I'm Christian. Not now, so it's sin, regardless of my personal preferences. Right. It, well, that it go, again, it goes into who's my Lord, right? Like if Christ is my Lord and my fealty is to him, then I need to with I need to hold on to his moral values, not necessarily always my feelings or intuition or preferences on on things. Uh, Nick, thanks for clarifying. So there's plenty of overlap on that. Okay, fair enough. Um, But either way, the point is that it's not the exact. (laughs) These these things have existed for a long time and the church has stood against uh, all sorts of sexual promiscuity and fornication, like in the sense of um even to the point of divorce right divorce is not is often frowned upon uh, or di- or discouraged i should say in in christianity w- polygamous relationships are also discouraged because we look back at old testament marriages and we see the fact that most of the polygamous marriages ended in absolute disaster uh in fact the rule the law of kings and deuteronomy was like that they should not have many wives and solomon and david and many others actually violated that the church has stood against this and so I'm going to just say right here with Alistair, uh, to Alistair, we're not the bad guys here. And so, why are we the ones who have to compromise? That we're as Christians, you're standing on what the church has taught last two thousand years. No matter what, we're not the bad guys. Okay, they're the ones who have who've pushed this onto us, and we're the ones still remaining strong in our convictions. We're not running around. Uh, you know, at least not many. There are Westboro Baptists, I understand, but we're not running around bullying people left and right on this we have always stood stood our ground on this is what the church has always stood on and so we're not the bad guys in the narrative okay any more than muslims holding on to the same thing are the bad guys in the narrative i would actually say they, uh it's funny because they're the pluralists who say that we should respect all people's beliefs meanwhile they don't respect ours and i just know that if uh, someone has a certain boundary i should respect those boundaries so um so Anyhow, oh, DSW Ministries. Hey, we haven't talked in a while. Uh, she says, wow, my first live chat here. I sure picked a great topic to join in. It has been hard to discuss gay marriage with folks when they always point out the multiple wives and concubines, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, that's why I say it's always just a category error anyway, because even if, let's say, concubines and um, multiple marriages is biblical, which uh, I think is arguably not, uh, I think that is becomes very clear that was against God's original creation, that even if i granted that that was okay that still doesn't get you to same-sex unions or trans unions so it would just say that one man is able to marry multiple women that's as far as you can get there so and whether you like that or not that would just be the only the only case that could be made there with poly, with polygamy is just that it must be okay to have multiple wives which i don't think is true since i think every time that jesus paul and others referred to marriage they always brought it back to the creation event of their original created order in the Edenic state, so with Adam and Eve, so anyway. um, So, Boomer Audio. What do you mean by that? Is my audio sounding goofy or something? I might just be having a goofy live stream today. I might have to do some tech support here soon, so. Anyway, but continuing on. Now, one of the things I wanted to make sure I mentioned here was this aspect of it doesn't matter. And you might be like, what do you mean by that, Will? But my, my point is that it doesn't matter. Alistair was trying, and this is where I say why Chris has got to stop. Alistair was trying, we'll remove that from the screen real fast, to build bridges. That was the whole point, right? He's like, go build a bridge. Stay, You, know, you still have your convictions, but still you could... Go out into the world and you can build a bridge maybe here. That was his point. But no matter what, these people, the, the progressive left, will never be happy with you so long as you don't affirm them. You can go and be supportive. You can go and try to build that bridge all day long, but it actually won't achieve anything. Let me read you this article a little bit by The Advocate. So, pastor refuses to repent after network drops him for giving advice on a queer wedding. What do we have here? Homophobes and transphobes are eating their own after a pastor gave advice on his radio show that other LGBTQ+ plus pundits have deemed to be too accepting. Alistair Beg was removed from hosting the podcast on the Christian network, American Family Radio, after clips from September episode recirculated online in which he advised a grandmother to attend her grandson's wedding to a transgender person. Well, here's the thing. Your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce the fact that they said these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared, and to countenance anything. Beg said after that is as long, Adding that as long as the grandson knew she is not affirming his life choices, then I suggest that you go, do go to the ceremony, and I suggest that you buy them a gift. So keep in mind, these, this is a direct quote from him. But you know, these people are what I always thought judgmental, critical, unprepared. You can't make them happy. They're going to call you judgmental and all that. They're gonna, they're making a ju- they're judging you too. So you're not going to make them happy no ma- matter what. Because even if you show up and they know that you disapprove, then you have that. In the American Family Association, we believe it to be an unfaithfulness to God. So this is a direct quote from them. Okay. Alistair Beggs team were unsuccessful in convincing them of his error, uh, him of his error. They actually say that he uh we believe it to be an act of unfaithfulness to God to attend the ceremony that celebrates any union outside the biblical model of marriage as being between one man and one woman. I agree with that. Uh beg da- doubled down on his advice in a sermon Sunday, which is exactly what I said. There's all the stuff I kind of already summarized. He goes, I'm not ready to repent over this. I don't have to. And you can watch his clip right here. The links in the description below. But if you go through this, so they you'll notice how what did it start? So they're getting mad because he doubled down on his advice in a sermon Sunday. While also, while also, right here, see, right there, also doubling down on his homophobia. So this is why you just don't compromise. Even if you love, like, you can love them all you want, but you don't compromise because guess what? When you're trying, to, even when you're trying to build bridges, you're a homophobe, and it, so people who uh, oppose him are homophobes and transphobes and those who even go and support their weddings anyway are homophobes and transphobes anyway so unless you affirm them and say 100 you're a support you're homophobe to them you are blacklisted you're not someone to be respected someone to be looked down on so why would you even try to build that bridge when you know and at the end of the day they're probably just going to spit in your face anyhow that People get this mixed up. Jesus did hang around tax collectors, and he Alistair's absolutely correct. He did hang out with them and prostitutes, but he didn't go down hanging out with them and then just say, like, hey, it's okay. He didn't go, he didn't go with the tax collector as the tax collector stole from the public. He didn't sit down while the prostitute did her business. He wasn't in the same room. He went to them and he hung around them. He broke bread with them. And then he also called them to repent and said no more. <laughs> he called them to the kingdom. That is what is, he did. So all this to say that I think his intention was good, but his advice was bismal because the more Christians that keep doing this, the more we keep losing ground because we keep accepting the narrative that we standing on Christian values makes us the bad guys. And we ought to be ashamed of it and try to avoid it. So it's not beneficial. Uh, this it, is so I, I, that's kind of my general thoughts here. Why would I, why should a grandmother comp, why, why, why should the grandmother compromise her values? Clearly, she was distressed about it because she loved her grandchild, but she was also distressed about it because she felt like it was wrong against her conscience for a reason because it was against her conscience because her conscience is where the spirit would reside, right? Is the spirit dwells within us and we are held to God's moral standings. And even though, Christ hung out with sinners. He also called them to repent. He didn't just give them a blessing for the sake of a relationship. He went to them and offered them the kingdom, but they had to repent and follow him. They had to put their faith and trust in him and leave their leave their ways of sin and come follow him. That was the whole point—to make him Lord of their life, to be to swear fealty to him, not someone else. So. Um, as Spartan three hundred says right down here, marriage was instituted by God between a man and a woman. This isn't this isn't a marriage. So why attend exactly? And that's why I won't attend these sorts of things because it's one, it's not a marriage. Two, it's a perversion of God. So God's a first like creation, yeah. Like you go you go through all six days of creation, then you get to Eden, and He said like that that He created man and woman, the two shall become one flesh. And that was like the first covenantal union was them. And so marriage is extremely important because it's also what builds our society. It builds our culture. It's what raises the next generation. These things build our society. And that was the first union that God really blessed. And so when I'm going, I am I to go and support something that perverts that in some way? I shouldn't. Now, does that mean... Uh, like I, that heterosexual couples always have great marriages and stuff no does that mean that they are that every heterosexual marriage deserves to be blessed no but certainly ones that go against the created order don't deserve for don't belong a christian doesn't belong attending something like that but nowadays we have completely redefined what marriage is even anyway and that's the problem, and we keep going along with it. We keep going, letting people redefine it, as opposed to standing on what it just is. Like, no, this is what it is, and I'm not apologizing for it, and I will not support something that perverts and distorts that, because it's a distortion of the order of God's creation, the ontology of the universe, you could say. And we shouldn't support things that do that, because we don't support uh, all sorts of other immoral things. Uh, which go against the ontology of the universe, including more other morals, right? So the only reason why this is a big thing is because our culture says it's a big thing. We so that's just the frank reality of it. So let's see what what else we have here in the comments. Um, Spartan theology is in the looks like in the chat. Um, let's see. Uh, fine. The truth of scripture is that it's sin. Exactly. It is that this is the same sex unions, trans unions, those things are sin. So, um, yeah. uh, Spartan theology marriage has been redefined all throughout history. The idea of a woman having choice in who she married is extremely modern. Uh, not fully, if you get into the old Testament context on how the Torah was actually applied there, but even so it's still between the sexual difference. Let's say you're right. Okay, cool. It's still sexual difference, man and woman. So again, none of these actually make the whole point is that a sexual union that was blessed in ancient Israel and in Christianity was always uh sexual difference was the key point so uh let's see here Alex of said beg gave a bad advice but the way he gets canceled reveals that Christians have a long way to go the way long way to unity right and this is like what I what I, how I would have just originally handled this when this came out would have just been like Alistair, that was wrong and you need to stop that. And it would just be like That's wrong, bad advice. I can respect the rest of his work, though. Because he even said in the in the sermon that in a totally different set of circumstances, he would have given different advice. So he basically is like, I'm contextualizing, which I think is not good because it uh, means that you are willing to change your advice based on various parts of the situation as opposed to just going, well, how about we just stick to our moral ground and moral framework here and just always condemn... Going and it's in the support of this. And here's the real. Here's um, yep. Uh, boom, right there. Prairie Christian Outreach, Sabbath and Marriage, two creation institutions that have been forgotten by the church. We need to get back to Christ. Oh, boom, roasted. Um, so, but while we're talking about like uh the marriage creation and all of that. One other thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned was that, uh, oh, come on, where is it at? I'm, where's my notes? Hold on, I'll pull it up. This live stream is a little bit more cobbled together now that all my stuff isn't working. So I don't know, i got to to figure that out. But, whoop, to do, whoopsie daisy. Um, just so everyone else is aware though, by the way, I am currently working on a, uh, I am slowly working through making a series on sexual uh, morality and all that. I will just be uploading random videos here in the near future uh, going through biblical sexuality. So we will do that. Um, Something I've wanted to cover for a long time. But a note I had here is just because uh, this is the other thing. So because he's saying that those... Remember, he's like, if you don't go, they're going to say that these people are just the exact same thing that I said for forever that they're judgmental, they're mean, they're all these things. But just remember, and then he he compares it to the to Phariseeism, which is a bit wild to me because Phariseeism was adding to religious texts and taking like the, the oral law or like the rabbinic law and putting it kind of above in the wrong place of priorities to the mosaic law and the whole point of Jesus' ministry was like saying all your priorities are wrong. He never said the law is bad as just saying your priorities are wrong. But just because religious people stand on a moral principle doesn't suddenly make them a pharisee. It means that we're standing on our our religious principles. That's what it means. So that's to call everything that you disagree with as pharisaism drives me nuts. Just because someone says that this is right and that's wrong you shouldn't do that doesn't make them suddenly a pharisee because that's not what Pharisees were doing. The Pharisees were never condemned for saying for holding to righteousness and condemning sin. They were condemned for getting their priorities wrong, or for judging hypocritically. That was what they were in trouble for. So, compassion can oftentimes lead to um, compromise, and this is why it's important as you go forward. To be careful on your motivations. That's why I mentioned earlier, like the whole hating your mother, father and mother, not literally hating them, but who's your priority? Because there, So when I was uh, a lead pastor uh, before I took this position at One Life, I w- there was a family that suspected their son may have been homosexual or something. And they asked me that if I found out anything, if I just like kind of let them know. Well, a couple of years went by. And I mean, this person, you could kind of tell, and this family was lefty. Okay, so they were actually like more, uh, they're more Democrat, they're more progressive left, um, but they weren't like affirming of same sex stuff. So they're like the conservative Democrat who basically were confused. They were they were confused. Um, But then this young man, I found out he handed me his phone and then some mess as he went to go, like, practice a song. And then uh his phone went off and I saw a bunch of notifications from a hookup app for homosexuals. And it just popped my guy on the screen in the front of his iPad iPhone. I was like, oh geez. So I went to talk to him about it. He refused. And the family come to find out, actually did find out that he was homosexual, but did not care to share with me the pastor of the church. And that i mean there was like a suspicion but i'm not going to condemn somebody unless i know well what ended up happening was i tried to have a conversation and i was like no condemnation but i saw some stuff on your phone i'd just love to get some coffee with you and have a conversation with you and the whole point was just basically be like hey I, i'm not gonna you can't like serve in these functions in the church if this if this is the lifestyle you're going with i want you to know christ i want you to know god and i, I still love you um but just we have a covenant at the church that we keep. Um, and that's all there basically is gonna be that conversation. Well, I ended up being labeled the bad guy, they exploded. Um, the entire family did, and they're just like, you know, basically I'm homophobic, I'm corrupt, I'm all these things. When I'm like, I haven't changed. This has been the, the this is the constitution of the church that you guys like signed when you became members here. Like these, <laughs> like this is on you, not me. And but it was because, of course, they love their son as they should love their son. But the problem is that with compassion can oftentimes come compromise if you have the wrong loyalty or the wrong fealty at heart. So that is that, and that is something to keep in mind. So um, it's not, you could try to bridge that. And now and then oddly enough, this kid, of course, to no one's surprise, once all this came out, he was blasting the Bible all over, um, all, all online. He was saying the Bible was fake, it was dumb, it was all this stuff, and his parents were Christians. And his parents said that they're no longer going to the church for advice. So the whole thing just fell apart just because of this LGBT issue, because they chose the wrong side. They did not swear fealty to Jesus Christ in the end. They swore fealty to their son and the woke ideology. And that happened in the church I was at. So... um and this is an prairie Christian outreach. You make a point here that's important. Homosexuals are accepted by the church just as those who deal with pride. However, we must accept that Christ has the ultimate goal. We need him to change us. So this is exactly kind of the point here, which is like, okay. If somebody struggles with like same-sex attraction, but, they know, but they're but they going to church and they're like, look, I, I have this sin, this temptation, because no most people don't wake up choosing their sin. Most people don't like, or at least choose their temptation, I should say. They do choose their sin, but they don't choose their temptation, generally speaking. So I think it's okay to have a little bit of like, okay, well, there's grace here because somebody might have experienced abuse as a child, kind of messed up their brains, let's say a little bit, uh, messed up their attractions, and they're trying to work through it. That's a bit different, right? Somebody with same-sex attraction, but repentant or celibate or uh, taking the transformative approach, being sanctified that is okay because then you know, God can willingly take away, uh help you ta- get rid of and rule over any of your desires, any of your sinful desires. But to sit there and just be like, oh, I'm just gonna bless it and act like it's okay is a totally different ball game. So um, and that's not to say that we ought to condemn these people as like, the worst people on planet earth, we shouldn't, we don't need to be hateful and spiteful, but it also doesn't mean we need to compromise what the biblical marriage edict is, that what the edenic uh model is, and nor should we go in support of certain things. So um, see, so revisor said, why would he accept rebukes if he disagrees? Why do we expect public figures to repent to us for things that they disagree with despite agreeing on all of the necessary foundational issues? This is mainly because a lot of people still go to him for uh, sermons, uh, for teaching. They read they read his stuff. They listen to him. And I think a lot of people feel kind of betrayed because they kind of looked at him as a pastoral figure. And therefore, they want him to repent of it and change his mind because they can't in good conscience support him anymore. And that's why there's a bit of a nuance here to understand. I think some people have overreacted, but also I think that. It is wrong to, it is right to call him out, uh, that it is incorrect. And I think it's okay to disagree with him. And I also, because again, he never said that their marriage is okay. And he never said that we should continue to do trans marriages and stuff like that. He never says that. He says quite the opposite, uh, actually, which is like he says that you shouldn't be okay with it. You shouldn't support it morally. They should know where you stand on it. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, then you're, you're kind of trying to thread the needle, but you're compromising Christian values putting a Christian in a bad position to support it. And again, what we have is the families, the family unit in general in the West is falling apart by the day. We have more, less people getting married than ever before. We have less children being born than ever before. We have children out of wedlock left and right. And, we, and then we have, of course, like the trans and uh, homosexual marriages. And that is actually damaging to society. The point of marriage was to build a society because you have children and you raise them together. You are in locked covenant with somebody else. So you are building a society together. The point of your this says, a two shall become one flesh and this says, be fruitful and multiply, which kind of implies the fact that part of marriage was for sexual reproduction because it's not just about hanging out and being friends with people. This whole idea of like, well, marriage is just endless love towards somebody for the rest of their life, or and then like, like sexual gratification, that's not it. that's part of it. But the other part is to build a society to build a culture to build a community that's the point of marriage it makes your community stronger it makes your culture stronger and this is what what a lot of places still have figured out at least uh you the middle east still has that part figured out um even though they go about it entirely wrong ways you know by throwing homosexuals off rooftops and stuff like that or even a lot of like the asian countries have a lot have that figured out and There's a reason why they still have strong family units. In fact, even South America, same thing. You'll notice that they have strong family units, but it's mainly because they're primarily Catholic, and the family unit is very important to them. And this idea of building your society and your community and your culture through marriage and children, and therefore honoring the generations before you. So what you're asking Christians to do is to go and support of something that is actively destroying that society, that community and the idea of building up that society through reproduction and community. So, and that's not something that Christian I think should stand by and I think it's very damaging to our culture at large. And I think even though you might have the, the relationship between grandmother and grandson at heart, like the, their well-being you don't have the well-being of the overall culture and that's part of the problem when we look at things only in an individualistic sense and not as a whole and i think as a whole christians need to be a little bit stronger be a little bit more bold and be a little less apologetic about our moral beliefs no one is saying someone has to be a christian right no one said it's going to be easy no one says we're not going to have to make compromise compromises on uh, as far as like we might have to make some basic compromises, but no one says that we're gonna we're not gonna have to also make some condemnations or 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 not like not condemnation to hell, but separations if nothing else. No one saying that we don't have to do those things. Like, I, I mean, no, no one's saying. Sorry, that was that was very poorly worded. Um, but I think you guys get my drift. Like, no one's no one is like we don't have to do all these different things that separate us. Um, In areas that we don't need to, but we do need to make sure that we're not apologetic about standing on what is the biblical truth. Does that make more sense? That's probably a better way to put it. I was like struggling and fumbling over words. This live stream is a disaster piece. Um how is it well let's see it's destroying the original smart theology how is same-sex marriage destroying anything do you have data to back that up uh there's, there's plenty of data on various different things on the mental health of that also it's destroying the original marriage design because again it's meant to build a community to be fruitful and multiply that's not to say that people who are infertile suddenly are sitting, but the part of marriage was also to be fruitful and to multiply, and uh, you can't multiply in a homosexual relationship. Spartan theology. So again, you're bringing in uh, modern ideology into your Bible, and that's causing you problems, I think, my friend. Um, so the anyway, so Christians aren't the bad guys here. They're making us the bad guys. We shouldn't be expected to compromise our beliefs any more than I expect them to compromise their beliefs. What I want them to do is convert to Christianity, but no one's making them to be Christians and no one's making you be a Christian. So if you want to go, no one's saying that you have to do these things, no one's saying you have to be a Christian and uphold Christian values. But if you are a Christian, then there's a, a Christian expectations on you. You can call that pharisaical all you want, but if that's the case, then you get to call Jesus that when he says, go, go and sin no more. These are actual biblical concepts that we are to hold to. So that is my general thought process here. I think a lot of people have overreacted. Um, And yes, Garth, what do you say here? Garth, by the way, you're the man. I love you. Anyway, he goes to my church. My goal as a Christian is to bring people to Christ. Which way would make it uh, more or less likely that the grandchild someday comes to Christ? And that is a very pragmatic approach, um, and that's, I think, what Alistair, why his advice was the way it was, because he was saying that'd be too damaging to the relationship, and if you want to sell a relationship with him, basically have a chance to bring him to Christ, then go. Um, my advice would be the opposite, which is that ship is already sailing, and not to compromise your Christian values, and, and nor to con- sin against your own conscience and not to go support something that is not supported by God, because I think we're supposed to choose our uh, the fealty to our Lord. Now, I want people to come to Christ, but also I, to bring people to Christ doesn't mean I should sin or support something or go and support something that I think is sin in order to do that. So that would be my general response there. But that's why, like I said, that people, because actually that comment there, Garth, is why I said people I think are overreacting. Um, even though I disagree with Alistair and I'm kind of tired of Christian's kind of flip flopping on these things. um, That right there is actually why I think a lot of people have overreacted because I think that was his heart there. So I think his heart's in the right place that you still love people and you want to give them the gospel and all those things. I just think his advice was incorrect, if that makes sense. So anyway, uh, Let's see, Micah Busey. The false equivalence is to assume that the only type of love that a gay couple shares is sexual love. There is redeemable component to any love between two humans. Um, it would be a perversion of love, just like we could pervert any sort of thing, uh, like any like. It's kind of like that. Too much of any good thing is a bad thing. Just like there is redeemable qualities to you know alcohol or sweets. various different things but in excess but in the wrong context or done the wrong way they can be very damaging so there is not uh there isn't really redeemable qualities in uh in the homosexual marriage because it stands as an affront to god's original covenant creation so um see wayne here says hey will i think that I really think that I am not compromising my Christian values unless I'm actually sinning by going and that I don't necessarily think that is true. So uh, what, that's why you have to ask the participatory action. So this, again, goes into the, what I was saying earlier about individualism in the West. Individualism in the West says that I can go and I can kind of separate myself from having to bless this. But the point is that there is a participatory nature in weddings that are communal it's to it's the groups of people coming together to celebrate covenants to celebrate a union to celebrate their future prosperity and their future children things like that so if you go you are participating in that and to participate in that which is celebrating a wrongful union i would say is sinful because you are engaged in something that's participatory so um yeah, that would, that would be the general concept there. I don't see a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people in Scripture would attend such a thing. In fact, I think he would directly oppose it. I, I think Paul would. Um, yeah, I think that's what we would see there. Um, I mean, goodness, just, uh, meat offered to idols. Think about that for a minute. Meat offered to idols was so hotly contested. Paul get made it a liberty issue in the end because you could it was the meat was offered to idols but then sold to the public and then you know you could he made it a liberty issue but it like just eating meat offered to idols then sold to the public caused no small amount of contention where paul talked about stumbling block principles and stuff like that let alone hey should christians go and celebrate or participate in a celebration of a same-sex union and you read romans one if you understand romans one to actually be talking about homosexuality Uh, which I think is the proper interpretation of it. If you understand it to be that, then it's like there's some very intense verbiage being used there that I don't think really would say that Paul is cool with going to those sorts of things because he says that God gave them up to their own lesson and passions and he like basically cast them out. So uh, yeah, there's that. Oh, Daniel Edwards. Thank you uh, for the five euros always get that symbol mixed up. I'm such an American in this area. But thanks, man, for the super chat. Appreciate it. Let's um, uh, see. Temple of Christ ministry says, I agree with Alistair 100%. I do not believe he needs to repent. The uh, to, to repent the Christ went to a Pharisee's house. He dined at their table and was invited uh, a Pharisee and is considered an enemy to the Christ. I feel like that was very oddly worded but I think one would still be stretched to find anywhere where uh, Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. Okay. First century Jewish rabbi. Paul was a fair, he called himself a Pharisee, a Pharisee. So he's a trained Jewish rabbi Pharisee. Uh, So you'd be hard pressed to find anything in the first century that would ever be okay with that. In fact, it's usually, most of the stuff is highly condemned by back then with rabbinic cam- commentary and stuff, it was ne- it's never been okay. So I don't think we can, that's why I was like saying like, historically speaking, from a Christian perspective, I don't think we can agree with Alistair. I don't think we can, not without putting ourselves in juxtaposition. So um, yeah, and uh, Mr. Delish says, Uh, And this is in response to me talking about uh, the participatory nature. He goes, you are acting as a witness to their marital covenant, Wayne. That's why you should not go. Because you're not, yeah, because it's a witness in a participatory sense of blessing. That's the point. Again, we have to take our Western eyeglasses off. So um, uh, that is, do, with Spartan theology, do you feel the same way for a heterosexual marriage that's not in a church with a pastor? no then that's because marriage is still between a, a sexual difference is one of the defining traits of marriage so people can be married even though they're not married in a church setting uh so or even like they could be married in a like an Asian sort, in like a in China, they could be married in a Chinese way, and even though that might not involve the church at all, but all throughout ancient history, we see plenty of people having wives, and they were wives, and the sexual difference was that which actually defined it. Uh, so anyway, um, Prudence McFugal, is that McFrugal? uh says, "Does love rejoice in evil or rejoice with truth?" Exactly, and even though I might love somebody. Uh I do have I can't act in love when there is wickedness or evil or something that is wrong. I can't, I can't well not act in love. I can't act in love. Sorry, like love obviously covers um a multitude of sins, things like that. But what I mean, sorry, so love, I can't I love somebody by compromising what is true and being okay with what God calls evil. I just can't. That's like I can't go to I can't go to Planned Parenthood, sit down in the waiting room and be there in support of somebody while they're having their child aborted and be like, well, I don't agree with the abortion, but I'm here to support them for the sake of our relationship. I can't do that because I'm it's a lie. I i am compromising now the truth to be OK with evil. I can't do that. So sometimes I have to like kind of pull away from uh, like the idea of LGBT issues because our culture is so inculcated with it and maybe use other uh, you Pull up other sins that would be analogous, and then start seeing if whether or not you'd be comfortable compromising those situations. Well, if you're not comfortable compromising those situations, you probably shouldn't compromise in this situation. Um, and Alex makes the right point: the grandson broke his relationship with grandma when he acted on the homosexual lifestyle, and that's exactly it. when. So this happened uh, in my wife's family. There was multiple people who acted out sexually in in wrong in wrong ways. I'm um, uh, actually on my uh, my side of the family too in different ways um, throughout the family history and we've seen this And but then people get upset when the father or someone discourages or disapproves and openly states that they disapprove of this union or their behavior. And they're like, well, he's mean, he's judgmental. It's like, well, again, you're the one who broke relationship. Like I've actually had a conversation recently with a family member and went, if you go down this path, you realize it will destroy your relationship with your father. And this person continued to keep trucking. And I know it has already damaged the relationship with dad because dad is grieved by this. He is hurting because of it, he's grieving because of it, but he can't bless it because of the immorality that is that has taken place. And that has happened many times uh in in uh families. And it's like, well, when you chose to go and act out against what your parents have taught you in the covenant that the that they promised in to God, and you've asked them to compromise their own values, they're not the ones who broke relationship with you. You broke relationship, relationship with them because you knew what the expectations were. And then you said, no, I don't want to meet those expectations. And you left, and now you're blaming them. It's, it's a gaslighting tactic. It's a narcissistic gaslighting tactic to do that. And that's why it's like, hey, I'll admit, like if I break a relationship off with somebody, like hey, that wasn't me. I broke relationships off. I understand, so I just shoved it off. Um, Hey, nope, I want no part of that. Stop telling people um, that they're the fault. That it's their fault when you're the one who made the active choices. Okay, Um, so we have to at some point take accountability. Uh, And oh, thank you. It's pounds. I was wondering thank thank you oh oh is this so does it danielle oh danielle that makes sense thank you uh so and danielle i hope i say your name right danielle edwards says i am a woman actually and as pounds as i live in the uk uh thanks you know you think i know that but it's been about 15 years since i've been to the uk uh, I went to, um, London and I went to like Wales, like Carfilly and stuff, but I couldn't remember. It's been such a long time. And then nowadays I see so many different like currency signs, I'm like which was, which again, I don't know. All I know is my S dollar sign. That's all I know. Cause that's all I need to do. No, on my, uh, normal ed- everyday life. Although that's going to change here soon. Cause I'm going to Serbia in June, <laughs> but thank you, uh, Danielle. Um, so Emotional. Uh, let's see. Ryan Wall says emotional blackmail should not be indulged. Don't negotiate with emotional terrorists. And that's exactly it. Where it's like, well, if you truly love me, you'd do this. Like that's the Delilah tactic, right? Like we look at Samson's wife, and we're like, wow, she was manipulative, and that's what it is. It's like taking someone's love and compassion for you and twisting it to be like now be okay with everything I'm asking you to do because if you love me, you do this. And no, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's what that's what Jesus said. So, uh, no, obey the Lord not man. So, uh, Wayne uh, says, Wayne, will if you, Wayne, Wayne says, Wayne, no, Wayne uh, asks, Will, if you ever come to the UK, let us know. I love to talk all sorts of issues. Love what you do, even when I disagree with you. Hey, man, right back at you. Um I I might come to the UK. I'm a missions director now, so I will be doing various trips throughout different years. So I will definitely announce if I ever go to the UK because everything in the UK is much smaller distance uh, than everything here. So like in order for me to see my family, I have to drive like seven hours north or eight hours east. And for me, I'm like, wow, it's not that bad of a drive. You know, I could get there within half a day. And I know over in the UK, it's like, it's over an hour away (laughs) so far. Uh, (laughs) The cultural differences are so funny. So uh, yeah, the UK is very small. I could drive across, I feel like, multiple countries. And the time span, it takes me just to like, get to my sisters in Virginia so yeah I would love to and this is actually right here uh Wayne I do want to talk about that that's one of the neat things like even when you disagree with me right back at you that's really important like it's okay to wrestle and grapple these things um and I understand the difficulty of these situations a little bit I'm telling you what I think and what I believe and I I will defend what I believe but it's okay to disagree and in certain areas, like, how do I apply some of these principles? I can see why that gets difficult. In fact, many people know my story. Uh, if you're a, uh, if you're an old fan of the channel, I've told my story a few times. And that was an adult. My story has dealt a lot with, like, I grew up in an abusive household. And I've been through a lot with that. And um, so I grew up in that. I've been through a lot there. And when it comes to, like some of the difficulties I've experienced. You, there are like, I've had to learn it over time just to be okay with disagreeing with people. Like things have happened and that's okay. So um, anyway, I've totally lost my train of thought. I was going somewhere with that, but I don't remember. So maybe it'll come back to me. Uh, yeah, uh, I coined that, the Delilah tactic. All right, so why do you keep scissors on the nightstand? No reason, I'm so confused, uh, anyway um yeah i would love to i would love to come but the point oh i that's kind of my point so it's okay to disagree with people um and it's okay and, oh yeah that's right and how do we apply those that's what i was talking about. how do we apply those principles so from a, an abusive background and i had and my mom like was going has gone through a lot of stuff in recent years she now has dementia she doesn't even i don't think even know who i am anymore um so she has early onset dementia or on stage dementia whatever and my mom was abusive and it's like you look at her life and all the things that she did it was very difficult to find ways to honor her but i knew i was called to honor her because she's still my mother and my dad i need to honor him even though he's my father and even though like yeah our life wasn't perfect we had a lot of issues but i know the difficulty of threading that like how do i fulfill this biblical edict while also fulfilling this biblical edict and that's where the rubber meets road and where it becomes difficult and uh so That's why it's okay in some of these areas. That's why I'm like, I think people are overreacted to Alistair on this um, because I disagree with him. But I'm also like, but this is that whole like, okay, how do I apply some of these concepts now that we're here boots on the ground, right? So that's where we're wrestling that. Um, Like I said, I think he's wrong. I've explained why I think he's wrong because I think it violates the marital covenant. I think you're going as a participatory person to witness and bless. I think it's a destruction of the original covenants and the purpose of a family and marriage. I, I think it's asking Christians to compromise. I think it's trying to flip the script on Christians where you're trying to make us the bad guys when really we, we're just believing what we've always believed. Um, just like I still think it's a sin to steal. I'm not going to suddenly be okay with stealing just because it becomes culturally acceptable, right? Um, say it with me now taxation is theft. Okay. <laughs> um, so, all right. Um, Sean, you said he, he goes, got a legit question. My church is going through a similar situation. A deacon and wife has a son who is openly queen. I'm guessing queer. He is currently, he is currently in college. When he comes home, he attends our services. Uh, the son wrote a letter to our pastor expressing his experiences of attraction towards other men and had a teacher who said God made him uniquely that way. He professes to be a gay Christian. Okay, I'm waiting for the rest of it. It says it's this message two out of three. Um, waiting for it to pop in. Meanwhile, hold on, I'm gonna just read what Dalton says here. When the officiator says, Does anyone here find a reason why these two should not be wed? Is the Christian silence not show that they consent and support the marriage? Ooh, that's a good point. Do people really do that much anymore? I don't know if people really do that much anymore uh, or Give give the audience time to object. All right, and then Sean, to finish the rest of your thought, he goes, how would you navigate this situation with the parents who absolutely love their child, but still wrestling with the fact that their son is gay? How would you love the sinner and hate the sin? That is actually a really good question. So I think there's a few things here to unpack. One is that to say that God made him uniquely that way is incorrect. That is a very bad advice. Just because you have attractions does not mean suddenly God made you that way and intends for you to have those attractions because He wants you to. That's like saying that all your desires are from God. That gives you like a lot of determinism or compat- I, I, compatibilism and stuff. I don't think that's a true or right way to look at it. So uh I to because then you're like, oh well, I mean, that means if I have an urge to steal, an urge to murder, an urge to rape. I guess these are all just, you know, that you know, really my sexual passion is to do uh to Commit horrible sexual violent acts on other people. Well, yeah, I can't say God unique made me uniquely that way, right? Um, or like, what about people now who are saying they're like minor attracted persons, that sort of thing? Like, okay, so does that mean they're uniquely made that way? Or uh, come on, um, I don't think it's a good advice. Uh, so, um, so the so having same sex attraction is. A bit different so if they were just like hey if you're like hey you got mom dad I have same-sex attraction okay that's different having same-sex attraction or or like then that's where it's like okay well then either you need to because really same same-sex attracted people are called to the same exact sexual ethic as heterosexual people which is, You're not allowed or not supposed to be having sexual relationships outside of the confines of a marriage it's that simple so that would just be what the church should do is not be weak on this and they should say that it is sinful to act out on your attractions i wouldn't say i think some people go too far i wouldn't say that to have attractions is suddenly sinful because i don't think a lot of people wake up in the day and know what they're going to be attracted to like Um, I've like, my wife is Korean. I've always been attracted to like Asian women. Uh, I always joke around with her that I have the Asian persuasion. Uh, so, uh, because I find, uh, Asian women attractive and I married a Korean woman. Uh, well that I didn't wake up one day and choose if that's what I was attracted to. Right. That doesn't make much sense. Uh, So I don't think we should do the same thing toward them. But I also think that if we tell them that you're uniquely made that way and God intended you to be that way, that's dangerous grounds because we can start justifying all sorts of attractions just because, well, God uniquely made you that way. And I don't think the church should affirm it either. And I think the family and everyone needs to make very clear, like, well, you know, we still love you, but we will never be able to support um you in an actual relationship that is same sex you know uh, so now it would be you need to either commit to still marrying a woman and being with her and you know work working through it with fear and trembling and w- ruling over your flesh or you need to commit to a life of celibacy that would be what you need to do so uh that would be my advice anyway so hopefully that helps i don't know if there's any other questions personally i would uh let's see william Black Lee says, I personally would never go to same sex, uh, go to a same sex wedding because for me, I can't support something uh, you can't agree with. Right. Um, Let's see. What did uh, Prudence McFrugal say? We have to stop saying that a person is the identity of the sins they struggle with. Our sins don't define us. God does. That is actually true. That's actually one of the sad parts. Um, I actually was talking to some of my students uh, here at church last night a little bit about this people have made their entire identity their sexuality, and we shouldn't do that. Um, they shouldn't do that. It's sad because we're, we're image bearers of God, that you're so much more than your sexual preferences or attractions. But Christians have also done the same thing, right? Like we find out someone's homosexual, and suddenly so they're like, oh, they're, you'll hear people like make their entire identity, like Christians will make their itiner- entire identity, uh, their, their sin as well. And Christians shouldn't do that either. In fact, we should still love them and care for them. And, you know, if one of them, we should still be good Samaritans to them if they're in trouble. But we also shouldn't sit there and say it's okay. But we got to stop making their entire identity. We got They shouldn't make their entire identity their sexuality. And we got to stop also making that their entire identity. Uh, we we kind of sometimes, I think, buy into that narrative too much. Um, so... Uh, Danielle Edwards I couldn't agree more when you said I really love your channel emphasis on unity and diversity is so refreshing in these times as even in the church tribalism is so rampant exactly so um let's see uh Andrew Crape says is Alistair denying total depravity assuming that attending the wedding and being nice will have a difference in the unbeliever's salvation seems like people aren't uh talking from that angle that's a good point <laughs> uh i although i don't affirm total depravity just so you're aware um so yeah and it looks like prairie christian outreach agrees that is very deterministic i just don't see god of the bible that way uh agreed i i think determinism is contrary to scripture i would not go because for me i can't support something that god condensed that's just me and my beliefs Well, and that's kind of part of it where it's like, well, I'm not asking you to hold to like, even when people are like, well, that's judgmental of you as a Christian. I'm like, well, I'm not telling you you have to be a Christian. I'm not telling you you have to hold to the Christian values. I'm just saying as a Christian, these are the values (laughs) and I'm a Christian. So I'm just being consistent. Like, don't get mad at me for being uh, consistent with my belief system. Right. So, um, yeah, that is that was so, um, man, there's a lot more stuff in here, uh, So Micah Busey, I'm going to disagree with you here. You said if the church did better being family for those living a single celibate life, same-sex attraction wouldn't seem like such an unbearable burden for same-sex attracted Christians. I, I think the church actually does a way better job than we give it credit for. Uh, all the studies actually show that those involved in church and uh, the ch- and religious institutions are actually feel more at ease, more uh, they have better community, they have better friendships, less ha- less depressed, and we have more purpose in life. I actually think we have dogged on the church a little bit too hard in some of those areas because the studies actually show the opposite. Um, now, I do think some churches have put marriage too much on a pedestal where it's like basically if you're not married you're a failure at life which i think is contrary to not only paul's instructions regarding that where he's like you know i wish that you could be this way but if you're, you have passions for you go get married uh yeah. but also jesus was single so i think i think we do sometimes idolize that too much but i also don't think it's fair um to sit there and say the church do- isn't good at being a family i mean i've been at this church for like four months and i already have close friends here and people who I love and cherish and have been a blessing to me. In fact, Garth Hayes is one of them. He's a, he's, he's in the comments above. Um, he's fantastic. And he's somebody that I consider a good friend here. So, um, I think people need to give the church more credit than they do. So anyway, um, so with that said, everyone, those are my general thoughts. Sorry. At the beginning of the live stream, the audio wasn't working. I need to figure out why it's not working um i feel like this is the second time i've had an issue with that but recently we did a video on live stream and the videos audio played so i don't know what's going on with that so i'll I'll figure it out but anyway guys uh i have other things i gotta get done today and don't forget tonight uh at 6 30 central time we have biblical rogues gallery at trinity radio (laughs) SX30. <laughs> so we're tonight. We're going through Romans one. We'll be discussing. We are doing the series through Romans. So come check us out live tonight on Trinity Radio and let me know what you guys think. So, um, Idol Killer, I am not starting over just because you arrived. You can just go rewind it. <laughs> Besides, actually, you might want to skip the first chunk of it though because I the what, live stream was all live stream was all screwed up. So, anyway, guys, hope you are doing uh well uh garth hay says marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman and god i don't even think atheists really get married who that garth you be base (laughs) garth is garth is like mega based right now okay i i mean i could get with that logic i don't hate that uh i think i'd have to think about it and do some more studying but i mean i don't hate that (laughs) uh man so man with right when P, i think i right when i think i'm sometimes like that way then garth comes in swinging anyway all right cool garth is actually the guy i was to talking about two seconds ago but anyway guys i'm gonna sign off but come check us out trinity radio tonight at the biblical rogues gallery at 6 30 central time i look forward to seeing you all there so uh take care and god bless And, guys, if you want to avoid seeing obnoxious ads like this, we gotta be strong. We gotta be healthy. When you wanna feel nice and strong and satisfied, you gotta check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com, use promo code Knowles or that. We also wanna thank Free Life Soap, because I don't know about yes. y'all, but I got a new shipment of soap yes, in I did, here. Yes, this idea, and it was great. Or this. Hi guys, my name is Will and I'm here to tell you why you should be a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Or that, to get to that momentarily, first, I want to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Are you aware that your browsing data is constantly being tracked and monitored? Please support us on Patreon. We do not want to annoy you filthy heretics with any sort of ads on this show. So when you're a Patreon subscriber, you also get access to our apologetics classes and other video content a whole month of things. You can support us on Patreon for as low as $1 a month.